Well, last week we started part one of Get Ready for Revival, and today we are going in to part two of Get Ready for Revival, and the passage that we're going to be looking at is a continuation of last week, and that is 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, last week when we did verses 1 to 13, and then today we will continue on from that. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, starting from verse 13. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20 from last week's messages, we saw that there were three specific groups of people, three specific groups of people that came together and decided that they were going to attack King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah. But instead of the king and the people running into battle and wanting to get ready to fight them, the king ordered that the people, all the people in the land, in fact, would pray and fast and seek the Lord's guidance. And so last week we talked about two main points, and that is, first of all, in order for us to get ready for revival, we need to seek the Lord first for all of our needs. And second of all, we need to know that even when our enemies attack, God is still in control. And so as we continue on in this message, may the Lord indeed speak to each one of us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the ability to be here this morning, to hear your word, and to listen to your Holy Spirit speaking, oh God. We just pray that you would focus our minds and our hearts on you, and that, Lord, you would help us to be obedient, to respond to your spirit moving. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 13 to 16, say this, All the men of Judah with their wives and little ones stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehazel, son of Zechariah, and he said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the edge of the gore in the desert of Jeruel. You see, Jehaziel was among the people who were seeking the Lord, those who had gathered to pray and to fast, and he was amongst all of those people, and all of a sudden, God gave him this message for the people. God gave him this message to speak, and you see, when we seek the Lord, things happen, and God gave him this message and came upon him, and the reason that God gave him this message was to encourage those around him so that they would be encouraged to know that even though they're afraid, even though they don't know what's going to happen because all these people are coming against them, they know the battle is coming, he gave them this message to encourage them. And you see, in order for us to get ready for revival, we need to be people who encourage other people. We need to encourage other people. We need to encourage not just our family and our friends, but people around us. We need to speak truth.
truth into the lives of those around us and not just negative things. You know how easy it is to talk about all the negative things all the time? But encourage you to look for the positive things and to encourage other people to learn to be an encouraging person, someone who helps other people to be encouraged. They were able to encourage others and they were able to encourage each other. Why? Because they also were together. You see, there's something about the church coming together as a body, not just separated, but as Christians, we were never meant to walk this journey alone. We were meant to gather together to be the body of Christ. That is what we are. And in order for us to operate as the body, we need to come together as the body. And that's why it's so important. And that is why we encourage fellowship. That's why we encourage meeting together for worship, for prayer time, for Sunday school, for Bible study, for small groups, for different functions, because we are the body. The hand cannot operate on its own. The foot can't operate on its own. But together, we can encourage one another, and we can operate how God intended us to operate as the body of Christ. Many people think, why should I bother going to church? Well, that's exactly why. Because we can encourage one another together. Because we can be part of each other and grow together. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. In Acts chapter 2 verse 42 it says they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. And then in Matthew chapter 18 verse 20 we read for where two or three have gathered together in my name I am there in their midst. You see, going to church is more than just something we do on a Sunday, but it's fellowshipping with each other. It's fellowshipping with other believers. It's breaking bread and having a meal together. It's encouraging. It's teaching. It's growing. It's more than just coming in this building and walking out. And so I encourage you, if you are not already part of a small group, if you're not part of a Sunday school class, if you're not part of a ministry in this church, then get involved. Ask us how you can help. Ask us what's available or how you can use your gifts and talents in different ways to serve the body of Christ as God intended for us to do. Isn't it wonderful to know that as a body of Christ, as a family of God, that we can operate as a family? At prayer time, it was so beautiful to see many people holding hands together, joining together, strangers, but they are family in Christ. Isn't it good to know that you are valued and you are needed? Isn't it good to know that you have people that you can study God's word with, to have friends to hold you accountable and to pray for you? Isn't it good to know that you have people that you can call on when you're going through a difficult time in your life? Isn't it good to know to have that you have people that you can walk through life's journey with? 
We are the church, and that is how we should operate. When you see someone who hasn't been at church for a while, call them, ask them how they're doing, text them, email them. There are so many means of communication. Let us know what's happening so that we can be an encouragement as well. That is how we operate as a body of Christ. And you see, when we do that, then revival will start. Get ready for revival by encouraging one another. So Jehaziel spoke these profound words, and while he was being led by God's Spirit, he continued speaking and carrying on in verse 17. He says, You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out, go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. You see, he was telling them, they don't have to worry. They won't have to face this battle. And in the same way, when we understand this, we can get ready for revival by understanding that God fights our battles. Let the Lord fight your battle. Let him fight the battle for you. Many times we try on our own, in our own strength, in our own knowledge, in our own understanding, with our own resources, with our own education, with our own abilities, and it's just not enough. You know why? Because the battle is not yours to fight. You're fighting a losing battle because it's not yours to fight in the beginning. And in this passage, Jehaziel speaks these words that God's spirit leads upon him to speak to the people. And in the same way, he speaks to us and claim that verse, whatever is going on in your life, whatever battle may be raging, whether it's with family members, whether it's with your job, whether it's with your coworkers, whether it's with school or education or with your spouse or whatever is going on, know that the battle is not yours, that it's not against flesh and blood that we fight, but it's much more higher. And if we think that we can fight this battle, then we will be exhausted and we will lose because it's not ours. And as he says, I encourage you, claim that battle. You will not have to fight this battle. You will not, but what you will have to do is stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will bring. Stand firm. My brothers and sisters, there are so many things that go on in our life, so many things that discourage us, so many things that cause us to be down and out and to bring us down and to feel depressed and to feel anxious and to feel worried. But God says, stand firm. Stand firm on my word. Stand firm on my promises. Stand firm. And today, maybe you need to be reminded of that, to stand firm on God's promises. Last week, we had a wonderful time praying and asking God to break different chains that are holding us back. But I'm smart enough to know that many of you and some of you who came and prayed and left those things down during the week picked them back up and are still carrying them around. And I want to encourage you to stand firm and to let the Lord fight your battles. You know that verse that we say, be still and know that I am God. Today, be still, stand firm, let the Lord fight your battles. You don't have the strength, you don't have the energy, you're tired and weary, but God says, 
It's my battle. Give it to me. It's my battle. Let me fight it. You just watch. You just stand back and watch what I'm going to do. Let the Lord fight the battle for you. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, Moses answered the people and he said, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Moses bringing the people out of the, um, the bondage that they were in were standing there at the edge as the Egyptians were coming and closing in on them to take them back to Egypt. They were angry and they were upset with Moses, wondering, why would you bring us out here to die? Why would you do this? Because they felt all hope was lost. There's no way we can see the Egyptians coming towards us. And he tells them, the Egyptians that you see today, you will never see again. You don't have to worry. The things that are coming against you, the things that are closing in on you, the circumstances that seem that you will not escape, you will not get away from, you in the name of Jesus, the things that I see right now, they will never come against me. I will never see them again in the name of Jesus. Let the Lord fight your battle for you. When you're having a difficult time at work with your coworkers, God will help you. When you're dealing with difficult people, God will help you. When you feel like your family is against you and they don't understand, God will help you. When you try to do the right thing but you're still being punished for it, God will help you. Know that the Lord will fight your battles. Stand firm and see God at work. And so, continuing on in the scripture, verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Gohathites and the Korathites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Verse 20, early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. As they went out at the head of the army singing, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Amnon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Do you see what's happening here? That the very same enemies that were coming against Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah, God set ambushes, and instead of them coming against Jehoshaphat and the people, they came and they started destroying each other. They came and they started fighting one another to the point where no one was left, everyone was destroyed and annihilated. The very same people who were coming against them destroyed each other. 
Have you ever heard of a battle being won without someone having to fight? They won that battle. They won that battle without fighting because God was on their side. God was on their side, and he helped them to win that battle. It may seem odd that King Jehoshaphat and the people decided to worship the Lord instead of going out and fighting, but they chose to worship God and not go and just fight their enemies on their own. It's important to understand that no matter what we face in life, no matter what we go through, that God is still worthy to be praised. And in order for us to get ready for revival, we need to understand that despite our circumstance, God is still worthy to be praised. You see, it's not about what God does for us or doesn't do for us. It's not about if he answers my prayer or if he doesn't answer my prayer. It's not about if he blesses me with something that I ask for or if he doesn't. God, at the end of the day, is still God and he is still worthy to be praised. And when we understand who God is in comparison to who we are, then we will stand amazed in the presence of him. Then we will stand amazed and in awe of the fact that he calls us friend. That we will stand amazed at the fact that he listens to us when we call on his name. When we understand that the king of glory desires to hear from us, that his thoughts towards us outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore, that his love for us is unfailing and never ending, that he desires and he longs for a relationship with each of us, then we will be in awe that he is worthy to be praised. You see, many times our praise to God and our relationship with God is dependent, unfortunately, on what God does for us. Well, God didn't answer my prayer God didn't heal that sickness. God didn't do that for me. Why would God allow that to happen? And there are good questions that we may have and ask and wonder. But at the end of the day, he is still God. He is still in control. And we need to understand that no matter what happens, he is still good at what he does. And he is worthy to be praised. Whether we're on the mountain or in the valley... He is the same God, and we need to worship him for who he is. Praise God no matter what. Daniel made a choice to continue to pray to God despite the decree that was made that said that no one was allowed to pray to any other God, but he didn't fear the consequences because he knew God was worthy. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down in worship to an idol. They didn't know if God would come through and save them from the fiery furnace, but they were willing to accept the consequences because they knew God was worthy. Paul and Silas went to prison for preaching the gospel. They didn't know if God would help them to get out, but they stayed true because they knew He is worthy. In Acts chapter 16, it tells us about that. It says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains became loose. 
When I read that, I've read that many times, but when I read that, I thought, look at their circumstance and what they're in. And they could have easily been complaining, they could have been arguing, they could have been so negative, but it says that even in chains in prison, they were praising God, they were singing hymns of praise, and it says, just, I just noticed that, it said, and the other prisoners were listening. You see, people are watching, and they're listening, and they're seeing. And in our time of need, it's so easy for us to become negative, to complain, and to grumble, and to talk about all the things that are going wrong, and all the negative things that are happening in our life. And it's okay, because we know that we're human. But at the same time, we also need to give God praise in the midst of it. And I challenge you and I encourage you in the midst of your situation, even when you feel like all is lost, all hope is lost, that there's nothing to be happy about, that there's nothing to be thankful for, remember that God is still worthy. Give him praise. Give him praise. And you will see, trust me on this one, you will see that when you start to change your attitude intentionally, your attitude, your outlook, your mindset will start to change. And you will see things in a different way, from a different perspective, and you will see things become different for you. Instead of being negative and complaining, give God thanks, even in the midst of your situation. In a contemporary Christian song called Desert Song, it says this in the chorus, all of my life, in every season, you are still God, and I have a reason to sing. I have a reason to worship. No matter what we go through, no matter what circumstances come our way, God is still worthy to be praised. It was when they were singing and praising God that the Lord set ambushes against their enemies and was fighting their battle for them. It was when they were singing and praising God that he was moving and he was working. Continuing on in verse 24, it says, When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. That is their enemies. None of their enemies had escaped. They were all gone. And then in verse 27 onwards, it says, then they led, then led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem, for the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lairs and trumpets. The fear of God came on all the surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, and the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. You see, after the people of Judah had finished singing and praising God, they went to go look at what was happening with their enemies. And what they saw shocked them at the fact that their enemies had risen up against each other, had fought each other, and everyone was annihilated. They did not have to fight, just as God told them, because the battle was not theirs, and they were gone. Everyone that came against them were gone. 
They sang and they praised God because God had given them a cause to rejoice. God had given them a reason to rejoice. And in the same way, when we look at our situation, when we look at things in our life, we can get ready for revival by understanding that the Lord gives us a cause to rejoice. That the Lord gives us a reason to rejoice. Did you know that no matter what's happening, you have a reason to be happy? You have a reason to have joy? You have a reason to rejoice? You're here. You're alive. You're awake. You can see. You can speak. You have for... You have forgiveness of your sins. You have adoption into God's family. God calls you friend. He has forgiven you and made you a new creation. He has given you the gift of eternal life. He has given us so many reasons to rejoice. And one of the things that we need to understand is that this life here is temporary. And yes, we will experience trials and tribulations, but this is not the end. That there is so much more that we have to look forward to, and we can rejoice for that. That there will be a day that is coming where there will be no more more pain, no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more tears, but that is coming and that gives me cause to rejoice. That gives me hope to go on. That gives me a reason to carry on. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. I can face the future. I can face it with the assurance that God is there already, that he is already in tomorrow, and he will see me through today, tomorrow, and the future. God gives us a reason to rejoice. As he had given them a cause to rejoice, he gives us, his people as well, a reason to rejoice. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know the kind of battles that you're facing or the enemies that are coming against you or the attacks that you're experiencing in different ways. But what I do know is that they come, but we have the power of Christ in us, that we have God's power and his authority, and he gives it to us. And as he said, he gave them rest on every side. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I need that rest on every side, that there are just so many things that are happening around me that God says, I will give you rest on every side. This morning, I want to encourage you, as you read God's word, as you read scriptures, don't just read it and pass by it, but read it and claim those things. Read it and claim those victories. Claim those promises. As he said, when we read it, may you claim those promises that you will not have to fight your battle, for the battle is not yours, but it's God. That you need to stand firm and see the deliverance on every side. That you will never see the Egyptians that are coming against you, the enemies that are coming against you, anymore, that you will receive rest on every side, that you will be able to rest in God Almighty. In Psalm 91, it says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High 
will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near your tent. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge and will make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. And then the psalmist goes on. This morning, my friends, I want to encourage you that whatever you're going through, to choose to worship and praise the Lord in the midst of it. Instead of trying to fight, learn to praise. Instead of trying to go in your own understanding, stand still and stand firm and wait. You will see the deliverance of the Lord. God is on your side. God is fighting your battles for you. God is protecting you. He has forgiven you. He has made you co-heirs with Christ. He has given us direct access to him through Jesus Christ. He has given us the gift of eternal life. He has given us a reason to rejoice. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, O oh God, that indeed the battle is not ours. And we pray that you would help us, O oh God, as believers and as the body of Christ, that as we seek you more and more, that you would help us to encourage one another, that you would help us to be encouraging people, to be people who, who do our best to help our brothers and our sisters in Christ, that you would help us, O oh God, to know that the battle is not ours, to stop fighting a battle that we will not win, on our own, but to give it over to you and to leave it in your hands, for you do all things well. And we pray, O oh God, that indeed you would help us, that you would help us to know that no matter what we face, that you are still worthy to be praised, to stand on your word and to stand firm, O oh God. And we pray, Father, that you would continue to help us, O oh God, to know that you give us time and time again reason to rejoice. And so, God, we thank you for your many blessings in our life. We thank you that you, the God of creation, the one who is and was and forever will be, calls us friend and wants to have a relationship with each of us. And we pray, oh God, that you would help us, oh God, to look to you first and to trust you for all of our needs. And so, Lord, we thank you for this promise. We thank you, oh God, for, for the assurance that you are with us. In the powerful name of your son Jesus, we pray. Amen.